Good morning, Madam Chair Hegman, Ranking Member Laser Fernandez, and distinguished members of the subcommittee. My name is Joseph Rupnick, and I serve as chairman for Prairie Band Potawatomi Nation. I'm a veteran of the United States Cavalry, and I represent about 4,500 Prairie Band Potawatomi people, most of whom live on the reservation in Kansas, which is defined by our 1846 treaty with the United States government. I am honored to be with you with you here today to share my thoughts of unlocking Indian Country's economic potential, particularly as it relates to the ownership and use of tribal lands. Originally, our people owned and resided in lands in Northern Illinois, but we were subject to removal treaties in 1829 and 1833 that relinquished all but 1,280 acres of land. Our 1846 treaty established a 900 square mile reservation 900 square mile reservation for us in Kansas, but development pressures, the federal government's land allotment policies and outright theft resulted in most of our lands being lost to non-Indians. Just a few decades ago, our nation owned less than 5% of the land originally promised to us. Today, lands within our reservation are heavily checkerboard, meaning that there are mixed parcels of land within the reservation owned by our nation, individual nation citizens, and non-Indians. And because this status of land differs based on ownership, so too does the jurisdiction and taxing authority of the tribal, federal, state, and county governments. Frankly, what the government has done to us and our lands has been nothing more than to create a mess. This mess is compounded by the fact that these lands that we have retained are considered to be trust, that is, lands owned by and under the jurisdiction of the federal government. In my view, the idea of trust land is not normal and should be fixed to recognize that our nation is the owner of our lands um, within our treaty-defined reservations and subject to our primary jurisdiction. The federal government should be uh, able to protect our lands against sale and external taxation and regulation, not management or interference with our tribal government's land use decisions. Perhaps the most glaring defect of land trust status is how it interferes with economic development activities that we wish to pursue to support our people. For example, in recent years, we have sought to expand a retail shopping plaza with a convenience store to support our class three gaming facility. We acquired the land in, in fee from non-Indian sellers, and we had to apply to the Bureau of Indian Affairs to have the land taken into trust. That took 14 years, and it's still not done today. Uh, we had to undergo extensive environmental review because the land is now considered to be in trust status. The utility service takes us time to hook up because the federal government um, has regulations governing rights of way and trust lands. We started this project 22 years ago and is still not finished. Nowhere in America uh, other than Indian country does this kind of bureaucratic stranglehold occur. To remedy this situation, I recommend that the subcommittee uh, considers acting on three different areas to improve the use of tribal lands. First, Congress should enact legislation to allow for any tribal nation at its own choosing to acquire lands under the jurisdiction in restricted fee status. Restricted fee is a long-established form of tribal land ownership 
similar to trust status, but the land is considered owned by the Indian nation, not the federal government. The late Don Young, the former dean of the house, supported tribal sovereignty for tribal governments to own their own land and exercise jurisdiction over them within our reservations. He developed legislation, the Native American Land Impairment Act that he introduced in the 112th Congress and subsequent Congresses to allow for Indian nations to acquire restricted fee lands within our existing reservations. He proposed a 90-day process that land acquired by the tribe in fee within the reservation would automatically be converted to restricted fee status under its ownership and jurisdiction. Enactment of this legislation would create an alternative process to the current fee-to-trust application. All tribal nations could save time, money, and strengthen our ability to engage in economic development within our reservations. <clears throat> Some tribes may not like the idea, but would prefer to have their lands held in trust. That's their right. But for these nations that want greater control over our lands, the use of federal government, we should have the opportunity as well. Um, right now, Indian nations are limited in our ability to lease our lands without federal government approval. And, you know, Congress took the step to en en enact the Hearth Act, which we have been using to our advantage. Um, we should fixly, uh, we should simply fix this situation by enacting legislation that allows any Indians that want the authority to lease lands with a 99-year lease. And we want to thank you, Madam Chairwoman, for in uh, introducing that bill as well. Um, at this time, um, I would like to thank you again, Madam Chairwoman and the subcommittee members for this opportunity to testify today. For 50 years, the official policy of the Congress has been to support tribal sovereignty and self-determination. More must be done to make this a reality and I support tribal economic self-sufficiency. I'm glad to take any questions that you may have. Thank you. Thank you very much and your entire statement is in the record. Uh, thank you for your testimony, and the, now, the chair now recognizes the Honorable Waveline Saunders for five minutes.